0: Warning, the content on this podcast is both highly adult and potentially enlightening. Please do not listen if you're not, I don't know, emotionally 25, physically 18. Thank you.
1: Hannah's drinking. There we go. <laughs> I have
2: finished my wine and now I'm ready to talk about Dr. David Lay. Hello, I am Vicki. Oh, and I'm Hannah. Perfect. And coming up on this episode of Orgy Story, we speak to clinical psychologist, Dr. David Lay. We are so excited for you to hear this. He provides us with some
3: amazing
2: answers to our most bursting questions, including giving us a prescription, an actual prescription to host an orgy. Right, and the political nerd in me also is very excited about the fact that he talks about both Miley Cyrus and Paul Manafort's sexual desires. Are you kidding me? Cuckholding is coming up, everybody. <laughs> and who doesn't love someone who's been on Dr. Phil? Oh, yeah, I forgot that. Um, and who may also have an appearance on something that rhymes with the schmely schmo. <laughs> <laughs> Was I supposed to say that? Who knows? <laughs> Perfect. Really
1: excited for this one. And before Kevin kicks us off the podcast, we have a few things to uh, promote, including ourselves. Please call us, email us, write us if you have any questions, any stories of your own. We have a phone number. Vicki, take it away. It is
2: 720-432-0557. We also have an orgy story Instagram account. It is exactly how it sounds. Orgy story. Give us a follow. We have our Gmail on there. It's orgystorycast at gmail.com. Send us an email. We know you want to. We come on. We will respond to you. We promise.
1: That's what makes us tick.
2: Dr. David Lay, master of orgy ceremonies. Enjoy. Enjoy.
0: This is a special for the Orgy Storycast. We finally brought a professional on, author of, I would argue, the coolest sounding book title I've ever heard, Insatiable Wives. I'm we'll gonna get to the myth ones later. Dr. David Lay, how are you doing, sir? Thank you for coming on the podcast.
3: Um I'm great. I've never been introduced as an Orgy professional. And, you know, to be honest, I'm not entirely sure how I feel about that. It, are people gonna start calling me and saying You know, hey, would you host and plan my orgy? We hear you're the pro. God, here's hoping. If
0: so, will you add (laughs) us to the residuals on that?
3: I mean, it's a fun role to play. Absolutely. And instead of having a party planner or a wedding planner, I'm your orgy planner. Oh, my
0: God. You're stepping on our (laughs) season two business idea. We're hoping to host Channing Tatum's (laughs) next bachelor party orgy, but we'll...
3: Well, there you go. And bring in Ryan Reynolds, too. I mean, oh, you know, don't shoot. stop. Yeah, here. Keep going, yeah.
0: <laughs> There's got to be a Hemsworth interested in an orgy. They're Australian. Uh, yeah,
3: you got it. Absolutely. And then they could bring Miley Cyrus, and then it's a party. Holy crap.
0: Oh, no. Damn it. He's <laughs> Okay, get out of my brain, because we already talked about Miley <laughs> being an add-on. We're like, just give her a guitar and some... And Although- some-
3: have you noticed that you know? I mean, a little while. I don't. I don't mean to get off topic. I'm sorry. A little while back, you know, everybody was just all upset and all hot about you know how naughty and nasty she was, and oh, she was pansexual and she was acting all inappropriate and sexy at concerts. And now that she's married, everybody's like, oh, well, it's all gone. She's Lily White and she's a Disney girl again.
0: It's the same. Yeah, just do insatiably Miley for your next book title. You can cut us in on that. <laughs> oh, one there too. you go.
3: I I would love that. If I could get her to sit down for an interview, that'd be exciting. I do
0: agree. Well, that gets us into the topics. You just segued it beautifully because we're definitely going to get into are we just all kind of sluttier in general? But we want to start with permission. Can we the three of us want to host an orgy doctor's permission? I might have misunderstood our relationship, but are we allowed to?
3: Uh, uh, so long as I can bill your insurance for this, yes, I will happily write a <laughs> prescription for an orgy. Um, uh, you know, my, That's, yeah, I am not allowed to prescribe medications, but I, I believe I, I am within my limits to prescribe an orgy.
0: Are you allowed to just write a nice note? I'm not, not in the middle. There you go. Yeah.
3: Excuse, excuse me from class that day.
1: I'll give it to my job. Just sorry. Can't come in today. Doctor's note. <laughs> <laughs> do
3: uh, yeah, but then, but, but then if you lose the note and then you have to say the dog ate the note, uh, then, then it gets a little creepy and disturbing because people wonder what exactly was going on at that orgy.
0: <laughs> There's got to be a more creative way, but we do, he does know, we
3: have dogs. So that's a good note. We
0: should board them just in case. That's not a bad... Yeah,
3: I... I agree. You know that, I mean, you ever watch those amateur porn and, you know, and the cat walks by or the dog walks up and is sitting and watching the people, you know, with this look on his face, like, what the fuck are you people doing, you know?
0: (laughs) Our dogs are a little better trained, so they're pretty (laughs)
3: understanding of what we're doing at this point. They're used to it. They're
0: quite used to it.
3: But you know, let's talk about it. I mean, orgies and 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 just group sex in general. I can remember when I was um, a young psychologist and you know was being trained and in, in therapy and everything else. And and uh, one of my older you know mentors who you know trained under trained under the great kind of psychoanalytic Freudian sort of thinkers. And at one point, he told me that you know women who participated in orgies that it was likely to be an early sign of developing psychosis because it was an indication of some kind of fragmented personality and these women kind of needing more stimulation and more people to kind of hold their their mind kind of together and that always stayed with me cuz i was like well you know is that real you know and then i and, and then as i as I did, wrote my first book about, you know, women who, you know, who engaged in lots of group sex and and such like that, and I and I'm thinking, you know. These women don 't look crazy i don 't think these women are psychotic, and i don 't think they 're going to become psychotic i mean you know i 'll never forget i mean i was I was working for a while I was doing therapy with this pretty prominent female republican um, uh, uh, politician who was a swinger, and she loved gangbangs and she just absolutely loved all of the attention and the sensation of having all these men focused on her, and she felt so assertive and, you know, fulfilled and, and, and just able to embrace every aspect of, of her femininity and her sexuality. And, and I look back at, at that history of what I was being told when I was being trained, and I said, you know, that was about bias, that was about judgment, that was, that was about, frankly, people who'd never been in an orgy or people who'd been in an orgy and felt really guilty about it. And now they were, you know, just kind of shoveling all of that nasty, judgmental shit down on everybody else. Um, I think that, you know, my field, unfortunately, we have a long history of allowing social and moral bias to intrude into our clinical thinking. And, you know, the issues around group sex is, is a really kind of good example of that, because we have a long history of, judging people for engaging in basically anything other than, you know, heterosexual monogamy. But if you look at the you know, for instance, the the gay male kind of leather scene, um, which basically lived outside judgment for, you know, and for for what, forty, fifty years, you know, San Francisco and sort of, you know, the, the those those isolated kind of, you know, areas of of of, of safety for them where they they weren 't being judged by society, and they were kind of outside of society, and lots and lots of group sex and lots of healthy consensual group sex um and interestingly it 's only now that we've kind of legalized gay marriage and that you know homosexuality is now being you know, is now non-judged, that now kind of people are circling back and sort of starting to to, to judge and put some pressure on the gay male community to, you know, to, to kind of clean it up. Um, in some ways, I think that we should learn a lesson from those years of them being outside that judgment and look at what worked rather than what we think should work. And it does feel you're you're hitting
0: on already two amazing topics, which is what it's terrifying and what is amazing about it. And I'm with you in terms of if you've ever heard uh, a gay man talk about life in the 70s and having to like find an exclusive club to go to that was in the back of a bread factory described as like a golf outing or a (laughs) poker thing, which is obviously we're we're much more out and about about it. But it is that acceptance that we're all sort of seeking, even even in the orgy world. It's that, hey, we really don't feel ashamed of this this sounds like a ton of fun
2: and along the same vein mm-hmm. i'm very glad that to hear that uh orgies no longer <laughs> that orgies don't cause female psychosis that's great to hear. <laughs> it's a huge relief. i know
3: <laughs> yeah 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 you you better watch out my understanding is it's like the third or the fourth orgy so you're okay uh, uh, you know the for the first and second but the third or fourth one you better watch out
0: as someone who's sitting next to their significant other, who's now been to like seven orgies, I'm taking notes. <laughs> but I, I did also just summarize your answer. Is yes, it sounds like we can have an orgy. It sounds like the uh, you all and I'm thankful to our medical community have either dissolved or solved the sexual psychosis problem. What a relief! That is a relief. <laughs> Do men have? Thank a, like, God! You wh- know what is it about us? Do we go crazy, or are we going to enjoy the bias again here? <laughs>
3: Well, you know, I'll be clinical again for a minute. I think the um, one of the things about men in orgies and and kind of group sex settings that people don't talk about is um, the struggle with erectile issues. Um, I I see a lot of men who get in that environment and they're so excited and then they get there and they're just nervous as fuck. And, um, you know, they start freaking out and thinking, oh my God, you know, you know, what do I do? What if I do the wrong thing? What if I say the wrong thing? Um, you know, what if the person I'm with likes this more than me or or whatever. And their brain just spirals into catastrophe and their penis stops working because the cure for, you know, an erection is worry. And as the guys start to get anxious, now unfortunately some orgy groups and you know some of the some of the swinger folks can be really judgmental about, about that, about guys that struggle with erectile issues in those settings. And so a lot of guys take, you know, uh, performance drugs and, and, uh, you know, Viagra, Cialis and such, you know, to, to have something on board so that if they start to worry, it has less physiological impact. And, and I think it's good that they've got that option, but then on the other hand, you know, I guess the therapist in me kind of wants, you know, a sort of, you know, accepting non-judgmental orgy environment where you don't have to worry, but maybe that's too much to hope for.
0: We'll take notes though. That's a good thing to add no. to our list. And I'm just already thinking from a curiosity standpoint, cause you've kind of hit it on the head about the chemicals, maybe a fun placebo effect. If you just gave a guy a pill mm-hmm. that said the greatest direction of your life, we're just <laughs> we're dumb enough that it would work a solid half the time.
3: Absolutely. So much of it is psychological. Um, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's a great T-shirt. Worry. Fix an erection. <laughs> Just as quick as. And yeah. We're definitely present company yeah. in, included. I've, I've noticed it. Give us your views. You two have definitely seen some erection issues as well.
1: Yeah. And I think from our standpoint, too, it's we definitely try to be very non-judgmental and it helps to be bisexual, too, where you can kind of enjoy everybody. So, you know.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: yeah. Is, is there a prescription well, I, for that? Is there a
0: prescription?
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the thing I tell those guys is, you know, welcome to the you know amazing, wonderful world of sex. It doesn't revolve around your penis because there's all kinds of ways you can be very, very sexually successful. And we're all snapping. You know, using your... Yeah, your lips, your tongue, your nose, your 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 you know your knees, your fingers, everything. Um, bring it all to the game, and the more competent you feel with with having kind of whole body sex that that doesn't center on your dick, the oftentimes the the more functional your penis can be.
0: So you're you're fixing a lot of things for us in terms of. Not fixing, excuse me, is, is the wrong word. You're definitely not helping yourself as the orgy doctor. I think people are already jotting down your name and being like, we've got to have him on site. <laughs> so
3: you, you hey, go. yeah, you. you. You, you called Dr. Lay for a reason, right? There, there it is. <laughs>
2: that somehow hasn't occurred to me yet. So <laughs> that, oh. your
3: last name is Lay. <laughs> <Le. laughs> had it legally changed. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it used to be prude. Yeah, yeah.
0: And you're definitely <laughs>
1: tapping into a lot of questions that we've been asked from people who are curious about the group sex scene and everything. You know, what happens if I can't get an erection? What happens, mm-hmm. you know?
2: What happens if I'm nervous? What happens if I, I forget to flirt? It's And that's mm-hmm. something that we want to ask you, too. And you've touched on it a little bit so far, but why do you think group sex and orgies are so terrifying to a lot of people? Whether you're not, whether you're engaged in them, whether you're not, I think a lot of people, there's, there's a lot of...
0: I guess why won't people consider them right. even? Because like, it's one thing to go and have an erection-based, like, oh, that was learning. Present company included, by the way. Mm-hmm. I can tell you, your penis won't work your first orgy. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> but why don't people even consider it?
3: Uh, you know, the easy answer is the the level of moral judgment. I mean, most of us lived through abstinence-only education. Let's just start and finish there. Um, Present company the, again included. Yeah. Um, you know, that has a huge impact. You know, what we're taught about sexuality and sexuality values when we're kids. You know, heterosexual monogamy is the only thing that's safe from, like, HIV and AIDS and everything else. And, um and then you know we if we sort of kind of get beyond that then we've got all the all the kind of personality issues we we've, we've got the you know the concerns about oh my god you know what if what if somebody sees me looking at another man's penis does that mean I'm gay are they going to think I'm gay what if they hit on me oh my god what if I like it you know um, what if I get carried away in that situation what if I can't perform what if I take somebody and they like other people more than me and I get you know. I get rejected because it's you know now it's a target-free kind of environment where you know I mean Jesus it's like you know it's it's like hookup apps you know you you know you, you're asking for for rejection after rejection after rejection after rejection possibly is is one of the fears. It's um, so sort of I think the same that, things of dating though because a lot of what you're describing yeah. just
0: really parallels any any Thursday
3: night out
2: meeting anyone monogamous or in a group yeah. or not.
3: Right now I think the. Some of the interesting stuff for me, um, you know, raises uh, questions about, you know, who is it that's interested in orgies? Let's, you know, and and, and the things that that we can kind of pick out about people that we know now. For instance, you know, some of the features that we're starting to identify, you know, uh, people that are interested in group sex are more likely to be kind of high sensation seekers. They're kind of adrenaline junkies. And this kind of group sex is just one expression of that. Another issue is openness to experience. You know, there are people that are willing to try new things. Another is a concept called sociosexuality, which basically just describes the ability to kind of separate. Sex from love or sex from relationship. Basically, to make a good kind of orgy work, you got to have all three of those kind of features on board. You know, if you're if you're a highly anxious person, if you're a really introverted person, if you're somebody who really thinks you know sex um, only with people you love is acceptable then it's going to be a little hard to put together an orgy unless you're polyamorous and, and, and you're in love with all of your, your partners and you bring them all to town, which is one thing to kind of consider. And, you know, the, we're seeing this interesting kind of split, I guess I would say, right now in, in the kind of sexuality or, or consensually non-monogamous world in that we have the kind of uh, sort of recreational sex crowd, um, the traditional kind of swingers, the, um, but then we've got the polyamorous folk and we've got, you know, um, uh, uh, folks where, you know, sex within kind of relationship and, and connection yep. of some sort. And you can add kinky to Group, that
0: list, which is like a fourth category
3: yeah and and you see group sex in all of those um but within each kind of community, the group sex might look a little different, you know, a poly orgy um you know the the story I've heard is it you know that they'll sit there and spend you know an hour. Talking about consent and everybody's boundaries. A swinger's orgy, um, basically, consent is walking in the door. Um, And then, you know, a BDSM orgy might have lots and lots of different kinds of sexual behaviors, but no actual intercourse. Um, And so, what I just find really so interesting is all of the options that are available to people that have these interests because now they get to choose not just do I want to try and be in an orgy, but like what flavor, what kind of orgy is going to feel better to me? Yeah. Um, and and I, I think it's really, it's interesting, remarkable times. So are orgies back
0: then? Because we've been discussing this. I think they're, if, if, and you could make an argument, we're kind of internally already arguing at the podcast, and so maybe they've never gone anywhere. But to me, it seems like, they're present, they're more vocal. Do you how do you feel about just orgies as the concept? Give us your your weight on history versus It does seem like it's really thriving right now.
3: Yeah, you know, I'll recommend two books. I think I shot them over to you. One is this uh it's called The History of Orgies by Burgo Partridge. It was actually written in 1956. And then uh, a new book by Catherine Frank um, called uh, "Plays Well in Groups." I always miss say, m- mis- mislabel it and say it "plays well with others," but um, both of them are about the kind of the history and the psychology and the incidents of orgies. And you know, Kate Frank um, clearly she gets invited to more orgies than any of us. I mean, she talks about like going to orgies at the Playboy Mansion and stuff. It's pretty extraordinary. Um, I think that. Orgies have never gone away, and both of those writers talk about the long his the long cultural history of orgies related to, for instance, um, political kind of rebellion and religious ceremonies. What we're seeing now, I think, is a little larger um, acceptance of orgies. Uh, For hedonistic reasons, um, simply because they kind of feel good and sound fun, um, as opposed to having some bigger, deeper meaning. I think that that probably ties to... Uh, social changes around sexuality. We are we are becoming more permissive around sexuality. We're we're returning to sexual values a little closer to what we saw in the 60s and 70s in the United States. You know, the fear of HIV, fear of STDs, um, social conservatism around monogamy and and heterosexuality and such is kind of diminishing, and now we're seeing these uh, greater, more liberal kind of values towards sex rise up, and a. Lot Along with that comes this interest in group sex. Most people are interested in group sex. Most people have fantasies of group sex. Group sex is one of the most popular um, sexual fantasies um, of anybody. Um, Now that things are changing and people are sort of realizing that the they have some ability to pursue actual experience of those fantasies i think we're seeing um we're seeing orgies kind of uh popping up on the radar a lot more frequently yeah
2: and And amen to that (laughs) (laughs) so doctor i have a question for you i say you are you know we're talking a lot about who is interested in orgies and uh in terms of our orgy story audience say you you know hopefully we have some people who participate in group sex and orgies already and know how to have those conversations with their partners but how would you um advise folks to communicate about wanting to try different things in their relationship uh, including but not limited to group sex
3: and orgies yeah
1: how do you start the conversation
3: um, you know, there's some different sort of strategies. Um, You know, a lot of uh, therapists use um, or encourage, you know, uh, uh, couples to share fantasies with each other, sometimes kind of writing them down on index cards, um, and, and sharing them back and forth. Sometimes, um, it can, there are some sort of assessment strategies, kind of an ask me anything kind of thing. Um, you know, those, uh, those drinking games, you know, what was it? uh, truth or dare, um, those kinds of things. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Maybe I'm, yeah, maybe I'm dating myself. Hey, they're, they're probably cooler now. Um, (laughs) those, those can be some good strategies. Is just to kind of start opening things up, and uh, you know, one of the things that I really encourage people to to put some framework in as they start to to discuss these things is to say, just because I have a certain fantasy, doesn't mean I have to pursue it. You know, seventy percent of you know American men report a fantasy of uh, a threesome with two women, but. Statistically, uh, only around six to ten percent of men ever experience that. What? so lots and lots of men, yeah, yeah, lots of men can have a fantasy but not have to pursue it. And so I think the more we um allow people to say, "Hey, you know, here's this fantasy I, I, I have that I really enjoy and I've never told anybody about. Just because I'm sharing that fantasy doesn't mean I'm saying we got to go out and do it right now, but it makes me feel better and be accepted by you that I share the fantasy and you don't judge me. Let's see how that goes. And then if we start to share the fantasy, maybe we read stories together, things like Litterotica, that, that can be a really nice kind of way to engage and it's a little less threatening than full on porn. Then maybe we move on to, you know, to sharing, Hey, here's this porn movie that I watched That's kind of close to the fantasy we've been talking about. And, and we sort of build up some comfort. Now, the, the other thing we, that I think is really, really important to talk about is not only, Hey, this fantasy sounds really hot, but what are your fears of how it could go wrong? What are the things that you worry about could happen. You know, oh, this, you know, my my erection doesn't work or you fall in love with somebody else or yada, yada, yada. Let's talk through those things. Let's identify those landmines before we ever talk about stepping on the playing field.
0: Yeah. And that's sort of a rules discussion, too, that that we strongly advise. And, And we've noticed successful couples at orgies or versus unsuccessful. It's sort of really good to be on the same page parameters wise, about what yeah. you're walking into, whether it's a fantasy and or something you're acting on strongly yeah. encourage
1: discuss it prior, have a good idea of what you want out of it. And
0: yeah, like uh, a dive plan here <laughs> <laughs> and exactly. In, yeah. In terms of as people, I love the note card idea, by the way, or just like a suggestive story. It's like just rent a good uh-huh. old fashion orgy or watch. Are you the one season eight? It's a sexually fluid show. You're going to yeah. love it.
3: Yeah, uh, yeah there, There's a lot of TV shows now. You're right, Netflix and Prime and such like that, where you can start to explore some of these things like Sensate and stuff like that. Whoa, that. Oh my God, that turned me on. I never thought I, I never thought I would still turned on by that. Whoa, that, that that got inside. There's there's again because society is changing in our attitude towards a lot of these issues. There's a lot greater um, discussion of some of these possibilities now.
0: What do you advise rules wise? Like give us some things to avoid versus some things to encourage because we were we were talking about like, I guess, what's the most?
1: We have we have rules, but they're pretty vague, not vague, but, you know, always safety first, communication and consent are our big rules. But some Mm -hmm. people come in with very specific rules such as no kissing other people or no you know, they they get into much more right. specific.
0: Yeah, where's your opinions versus, or or sort of, what can you talk to us about with
3: those? Um, you know, I guess what I would say is that um, as folks become more comfortable in the environments, as they you know, they have more wins under their belt with their partner, some of those rules oftentimes become a little more. Philosophical in nature, a little larger, bigger picture. Um, I think a lot of folks start with uh, pretty micro, kind of concrete rules um, in, uh, to make them feel safe. And I think that that that's the that's the real message of rules is this is something that I'm sharing with you to help me feel safe in that environment. So. Um, unfortunately I think a lot of us perceive rules, um, within relationship and from our partner as something of them trying to control us, um, as opposed to them saying, hey, for me to feel safe, this is kind of something I need. And we can, we can respond to that, um, by saying, oh gosh, you know, hey, it really helps me to, uh, to know that you would have that kind of fear, um, And if I can do this to help you feel safer in that environment, great.
0: To pivot, because we we only have so much time with the godfather of orgies, (laughs) Dr. David Lay. So we want to (laughs) be careful. (laughs) We're trying to get through, we've only gotten through about, I don't know, eight of the 77 different questions we had for you. But give me a little general direction on who goes to orgies. You've given us some books and things. You've got a lot of experience touring, talking about sex, being intricately involved. And I think one of the things we get is almost a little bit of flash judgment. Like, oh, only hippies and stoners go to those. So we are, and you've already given us a little barrage of reference. But the short answer to who all goes to orgies.
3: Um, you know, um... I guess I would, that the people that we know about go to orgies are the, you know, are the hippies and the stoners, of course, because they don't care, you know, and, and then, and then we've got, you know, then we've got the gays and then we've got the swingers, um, you know, uh, but but now we're finding out all of these other kind of interesting folks. I mean, like you know, like 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 uh, Paul Manafort and Roger Stone, two of you know Trump's main advisors. Um, it turns out are are both kind of big time, you know, kind of kind of sexual edge play folks. I mean, Paul Manafort is now in jail. Um, you know, it was released that has that, not
0: stopped his orgy life. I have inside
3: <laughs> knowledge. Yeah, probably. Um, but it was released that his. Um, you know, his thing was cuckold scene, um, sharing his wife with a bunch of black men, and uh, according to text me- messages between his daughters, why his adult daughters were talking about this, no one knows. But he could only get it up um, after he watched his wife have sex with other men, and then the men left. You know, so he was, you know, competing or reclaiming her or whatever. So, we're finding out that lots of people have these orgies um, in fantasy or reality, um, but we never knew about it before. And so, you know, I guess I would say, you know, who goes to orgies? Maybe everybody, um, at least in their minds.
1: <laughs> That's wonderful news. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, Dr. Lay, we appreciate your time like crazy. For those that want more of this man, first of all, he's everywhere. You're going to enjoy the hell out of his YouTube clips. Second, go buy his books. Ethical Porn for Dicks, The Myth of Sex Addiction. He's done a few volumes of that. And, of course, Insatiable Wives. Again, how is that not a Showtime series by now, sir?
3: Uh, We were in discussions with HBO and Playboy about doing it, but it just never happened.
0: Well, hopefully they'll listen to this or some of your other more high-profile media. I mean, we're right up there. It's Dr. Phil. It's us. It's Psychology Today. Uh, See, I'm just sliding myself in there. Where else could people find you, get a hold of your
3: work? You know, the easiest way to find me, folks, is on Twitter, at Dr. David Lay. The last name, although it sounds like Lay, it is L-E-Y. And, uh, you know, i got a new website coming up here shortly and uh, some some kind of big media splash coming soon, so stay in touch.
0: You've absolutely crushed our questions. This this Mm -hmm. far exceeded it.
1: We've learned so much, too, and I really hope our listeners can open up and...
0: 30 Learn minutes. Too. Go follow him, buy his books, and we'll get him back on here. Well, season two, Destination Orgy. We're headed to New Mexico to visit him in person. We'll see how. <laughs> Absolutely. Bring the orgy. Well, Orgy Story listeners, Dr. David Lynn.
3: Thank you, folks.
0: Thank you for joining us. Episode one of Orgy Story. Thank you to Dr. Lay. Join us next week as we tell our first orgy story. The orgy that showed us the art of the possible. Here's a short teaser. Personals of the hosts of the orgy... They had a slideshow running of sexy images. Yeah, a sexy slideshow. Made it personable. I enjoyed that.
1: It was a nice touch. It, it just is. added to all the whole ambiance of the, the downstairs things, atmosphere.
2: All these things having been mentioned in an email that they sent out to all the participants earlier that month. Uh, that included where we were supposed to, supposed to play, where were we were supposed to drink and chill. And they mentioned the sexy, sexy slideshow.